What is up, Bitcoiners? I had an amazing talk with Mike Collier, and I have to admit, I turned off the record way too soon because afterwards we kept chatting for about 15 minutes and it was just pure gold. Mike has been bringing mining to North America and working at several different players that are still very, very relevant in the North American mining game. For a long time, before it was cool, he finds himself today as the CEO of Foundry, which is a part of DCG and a massive part of building out mining and mining financial services uh, throughout North, North America. They are building a massive North American mining pool. They are financing and helping uh, miners bring on top of line equipment onto the North American continent. And they are doing a ton of other stuff to bring a lot of value to mining in North America. Uh, it is awesome to dive into a bevy of different co uh, topics and uh, subjects with Mike. We talk about the ASIC game, the best manufacturers, uh, mining in geopolitics, uh, why mining is good for nation states and why nation states should adopt it, and why Bitcoin is going to be a fundamental part of energy production. This is something that I believe personally. I see it trending in that direction. And you guys, Bitcoin is going to enable green energy. Bitcoin is going to enable the build out of this new energy infrastructure that we desperately, desperately need. The old infrastructure is broken and Bitcoin is the way that we replace it. Um, Mike really talks about all this stuff and uh, I think you guys are going to like it. But before we get into that, let me tell you guys about Bitcoin 2021. Both Mike and I are going to be there. Uh, the Foundry team is sponsoring and this event is the absolute zeitgeist of the Bitcoin community. This is where everyone's going to be. People are hitting me up every single day asking for discounts. And I can tell you one thing, you are going to be able to get the best discount using promo code Satoshi. That is Satoshi, spelled Satoshi. You can get 10% off of your ticket and you can even save even more money. You can save an additional $400 if you pay us in Bitcoin. We want to be paid in Bitcoin. We don't want your dirty fiat. So we are willing to give a discount to the Bitcoiners out there listening to this show and willing to use Bitcoin as their money. All right, y'all, let's get into this podcast with the CEO of Foundry, Mike Collier. Bitcoiners, I am sitting across the screen from Mike Collier. Uh, Mike, we met for the very first time, I think it was in 2019 in Miami, and I think we're going to meet again at Bitcoin 2021 in Miami. But for the audience, Mike is the CEO of Foundry, which is one of the biggest miners in North America and uh, the operator of the biggest mining pool outside of China, which is really freaking awesome. And uh, it's awesome to get you on the show to talk all things mining, especially with all the craziness that's happening. Mike, welcome to the show. Christian, thank you very much. Looking forward to uh, seeing you again in Miami here in, geez, less than a month. It's going to be crazy. It, it's coming up fast. Uh, I'm excited and anxious, but it's it's going to be an absolute incredible time. And the events team has absolutely done a smashing job. I've seen like videos of all the stuff being set up and the venue itself. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. We're, we're, uh, we're excited to be a sponsor of the event. And uh, I think I'm speaking and I think uh, Kevin Zhang is going to be speaking at Whale Day and um, just looking forward to seeing everybody in Miami. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Well, hey, if you haven't gotten your ticket to the conference, you can get a discount promo code Satoshi um, and come see Mike, come see us all there. It's going to be an amazing time. But Mike, let's kind of introduce the Bitcoin Magazine audience to 
you know, who are you? Uh, I met you, you were doing mining, not for Foundry, you hadn't uh, founded it quite yet, but um, you've been in the mining game for quite a while and pushing mining in North America before it was hot and cool. Yeah, so let me um, tell you my story real quick. Uh, I got into mining about four years ago, um, which seems like an eternity um, in the mining world. Um, and and uh, I spent 20 years in, in what the traditional world of manufacturing distribution. I was a hired gun for private equity companies. And uh, in June of 2017, I, I ended up going down kind of that Bitcoin rabbit hole and it reminded me very much of the start of the internet. I was in college when, you know, Mosaic and Netscape came out and I just felt like this technology solved a lot of problems that couldn't be solved with the current tech. And I just didn't think this happened very often in a lifetime. And I decided to jump into it. And quite honestly, I fell in love with the mining space. I just, it made sense to me. I connected with it, felt like we had to build out the infrastructure first. And it felt like the United States was kind of behind the, the, that was behind China. And it was a good opportunity for um, North America to kind of expand the presence. Um, and it's just been a wild ride ever since. So I got, I got to live through the boom of 2017 into 2018. And then the bust and crypto winter, and now it's booming again. So it's been, uh, it's been quite the journey. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, when we were meeting, it was like deep in crypto winter. And like, I think you're talking about like turning off some miners just because some of them just like didn't make sense anymore. Uh, but things have really turned around, but things, you know, I feel like things were turbulent and exciting back then and that has not changed whatsoever. So I'm excited to have you on to kind of get an insight into what's kind of happening right now. Yeah, it's been an amazing journey. So I got connected with a small company called Savage. We grew the business from like one megawatt to three megawatts. And this is like 2000, early 2018. And I just thought that was, you know, it seemed like a huge deal at the time. And then knew the guys that started Core Scientific. I, I, uh, they, they talked me into joining them. And they were at about 25 megawatts at the time, which was amazing. And we grew it to over 100 megawatts. And I think today they're well over 250. And then uh, in uh, October of 19, I got a chance to join DCG. And uh, I feel very fortunate to be here at DCG leading Foundry. Um, Barry Silbert, you know, he had, he's done amazing things, started a lot of companies. He actually started Foundry and felt um, like it was time to bring a lot more transparency to the mining space and build trust and efficiency because we felt like institutional money was coming. So Foundry, uh, you know, a year ago, it was me and Andrea and our intern, Lucas. And uh, today we have over 30 employees. We're based in uh, Rochester, New York. And we focus on um, supporting decentralized networks. And uh, it's both proof of work and proof of stake. Um, so it's been, it's been an amazing journey. It's been the last, boy, the last 18 months have just been, it's been uh, out of control. So, so talking about, you know, supporting these digital networks, um, you know, how does Foundry decide, you know, 
we're going to mine Bitcoin versus we're going to mine with GPUs versus, you know, we're going to put R and D and, and kind of resources into staking services. Like, um, you know, yeah, what's question. the mix and how do you make decisions around that? Yeah. So, you know, when I started, Barry said, he goes, look at, go build a business for the long term. You know, think in terms of decades, not months or quarters. And here's a white sheet of paper. Figure out how we're going to leverage DCG brand, its balance sheet, its subsidiary companies, its portfolio companies. And um, how do we bring this transparency and trust to the mining space and support the institutional players that we're going to come into the space? And the first thing we, we decided to do was offer equipment financing. So we knew a lot of miners had built out the infrastructure, but they were cash poor. You know, 18 months ago, everyone was cash poor. And we said, let's provide equipment financing so they can get the latest generation machines. Uh, at the, at the perfect time, time too. <laughs> well, it, that's what we thought. And to be honest with you, at the time, a lot of people said, well, mining economics are horrible. The halving's coming. Um, we're not sure. So we ended up buying a lot of machines. And yeah, let's um, go. That's awesome. We're like anyone who looks at the happening and thinks that that's bearish just didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we bought a lot of equipment. Um, you know, we're we're big fans of Bitmain, big fans of MicroBT, and uh, and we started doing equipment financing deals for folks, and then we started plugging in our own equipment. And Christian, over the last eighteen months, we've deployed two hundred and twenty-five million dollars into the North American mining space. Um, either for our own self-mining or to support other miners with equipment financing. And, and our goal really is to build out the mining ecosystem in North America. And of course, by, you know, by the time September rolled around, Bitcoin had jumped to 20, you know, back to back into, um, you know, above 10,000. And, and then it was off to the races and, and mining became like the thing to do. And uh, we've been really excited to, support a lot of miners throughout North America, um, helping them get new equipment. We provide advisory services. Uh, we launched our North American mining pool now, uh, which we're excited to be the largest pool outside of China. And, and you know, for us, it's, it's really about killing the narrative that China controls the mining space. And uh, I th we, we believe there's a certain group of people that are not investing in Bitcoin because they think it's controlled by China. And we want to really kill that narrative. And, and I think we've helped lead the way to get a lot of hash rate now coming to North America. We jumped to the front of the line for machines. And now we want to be able to provide a transparent, reliable uh, mining pool that institutional miners, publicly traded miners can feel comfortable mining in. And uh, it's not, you know, a black box like you get with the, with a lot of the Chinese pools. Um, so we're, we're pretty excited about what's transpired. And, you know, the industry, you know, firsthand, the industry is changing so fast. Um, today, the publicly traded mining companies, they're raising enormous amounts of money you know, this time last year, nobody could even buy a thousand machines. And now they're making purchases for a hundred thousand machines. Uh, so it's fantastic. It's, it's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Michael Saylor really opened up Pandora's box when it comes to traditional finance, financing mechanisms. 
in order to have a better, bigger play into the Bitcoin and crypto space. So um, I think that that's, that's not going to stop. And I'm very interested in see how public miners continue to, you know, let's just say leverage up to get like cold, hard equipment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, you know, the narrative in the whole space is so different today versus 2017, right? Um, where it's now like acceptable to have Bitcoin on your balance sheet and it's not this scary thing. And every bank now has a strategy on how they're going to deal with Bitcoin. Um, it's amazing how fast it's moving. So like, let's talk about that. I want to dive deeper into like the mining, the mining ecosystem, but Oh, you know, being a part of DCG, you kind of have a firsthand view into really the entire ecosystem kind of blossoming around Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies today. Um, like, you know, I've spoken to bankers, CEOs, that kind of stuff from fintech that are jumping into Bitcoin and crypto. Can you just, you know, weigh in a little bit on, you know, what you're seeing today and maybe even kind of hint at what could surprise our listeners uh, in the short to medium term? Yeah, so on the on the proof of work side, you know, where we think this all goes is bigger and bigger players are going to get involved in the ecosystem. So today we've got these publicly traded miners. They're kind of paving the way, making it more mainstream. Um, we definitely view over the next two to five years, the large energy companies are starting to wake up um, to mining. We, we actually believe nation states will have a strategy around mining. Um, we're already starting to see it with some smaller countries, but countries that have a natural advantage, um, whether it's through their you know, natural resources or they just want to have some exposure to Bitcoin, they're going to have a strategy around Bitcoin mining. So they've got strategies around oil exploration, gold mining, um, I think Bitcoin mining is going to be on that list. And, and we're really excited to, you know, work with those players to help them navigate the space because it's a difficult space to navigate. There's a, you know, there's a lot of bad actors in the mining space and it's, everybody's got a story and it's hard to sort out who's real and who's not real. And we're trying to, you know, um, bring another level of professionalism to the industry and, and it's happening. It's really exciting. If anyone, you know, that we would consider to be a uh, a public entity in the U.S. or Western Europe wants to get involved with Bitcoin, you know, the foundation that Foundry is kind of building, uh, as well as other players in North America, is necessary. Because I don't think any of them are going to participate with what BTC.com or some of these other, like, random pools, uh, you know, even even some of the bigger ones that are, you know, building maybe longer reputations, uh, there's just an element to them that's that's not palatable for for that type of institution. Um, but kind of talking about, you know, nation states, you know, jumping into mining, like there's a, a, a perspective where like they have no choice, right? As Bitcoin becomes more relevant, this is just something that is necessary. But like on the flip side, like there's a lot of positives for many nation states, including the U.S., for kind of jumping into this uh, headfirst, just like the U.S. jumped into um, the Internet and the dot, dot com boom and fostered it. You know, why should nation states, you know, 
adopt Bitcoin and adopt mining and have a strategy? And like, why is that a good thing rather than, you know, something that they're forced to do per se? Yeah. So what I love about, one of the things I love about Bitcoin is that it's a decentralized network that allows anybody to participate. So, um, so any country in the world can engage and participate in the network. Um, I mean, we are essentially building a global computer that can never be shut down. I mean, that's what's happening right now. That's what Bitcoin is. I, I believe it's a, I, I view it as a protocol layer and it's a protocol layer that transfers value and anybody can plug into that, that layer and support it. And it's something that cannot, cannot be turned off. I mean, even, you know, we even saw two weeks ago, you know, there's always been the, the FUD around China shutting down mining and banning mining. And look at one province shut down mining and it, it took down, you know, 20 to 30% of the network. Guess what? Did Bitcoin stop? No, it wasn't even like a really even a bump in the road. I mean, everybody wanted to talk about it for a few days, but the whole thing still worked. Um, and it's, that's a pretty powerful concept. And I think it's going to be really important because there's going to be all kinds of stuff built on top of these, these networks, right? And I think it's important that countries um, are thinking about how they want to engage their population around these networks. You know, I'm, I'm really glad that the internet was really built in the United States, you know, that Google was founded in Silicon Valley and not, you know, someplace else in the world. So I think we're going to want to be at the front of this innovation, not, not, you know, trying to play catch up later on. And, you know, I feel like there's this kind of like negative slant that a lot of like, let's call it the media or maybe uninformed uh, observers, you know, you know, onto like how much energy is being used to support these networks and stuff like that. You know, typically th that criticism comes from either uninformed people or people who think that on a baseline Bitcoin has no use case. Therefore, any energy expended for it is a total waste. Like, can you just in your way ad address that? And like, why, again, why should the US again, jump into this head first rather than, uh, you know, shun it as, as is popular? Yeah, so a couple a couple thoughts there. I mean, we could spend, you know, two hours, you know, a whole day going down this rabbit hole. Um, you know, there's a couple of things. One, like if you really wanna, if you're concerned about the environment and you wanna eliminate carbon, you know, you should stop mining coal and using coal for energy production, right? Like that's, forget about Bitcoin. That's just like fundamental. Or we should probably be doing more nuclear, um, using nuclear as the as an energy source. Uh, in terms of Bitcoin, um, you know, what it's what's amazing is how efficient it really, the network is. And what I mean by that is a year ago, we've gone from what, a hundred and 80 billion dollars stored on the Bitcoin network to over a trillion dollars. The network security has basically doubled, and the amount of electricity being used to secure the network has pretty much remained flat during that time time frame. Trended up maybe just a little bit. That efficiency is incredible. And and how does that happen? Well, it happens because the latest generation equipment is a hundred. It's a it's twice as efficient is the last generation, right? When you compare an S19 to an S9, it's, they're night and day. And um, 
and and part of this is like bitcoin you know bitcoin's going to use electricity that's proof of work right so there's going to be more electricity being used but the amount of value that that we're going to get from that is in, is the efficiency on it is incredible so you're storing time, five times the amount of of value on the on the network basically using the same amount of electricity. So it's not going to be one of these runaway things that people want to um, want to portray it as. And then the, the price will thing, run away. But the, the, the electricity usage, what you're saying is maybe it's going to be growing more linearly, whereas the grow, value stored on it is going to go maybe probably exponential. Yeah, I mean, the, we, I mean, we could see $10 trillion stored on the Bitcoin network and, and maybe the electricity will double over the next you know few years. But... Um, the the one thing that I think is missing and people don't want to talk about is I actually view Bitcoin mining as the bridge to a world where we have 100% renewable energy. And when, when you start to understand how Bitcoin mining works, uh, it's um, one, it's, it's got, a, it's got a, a, a very constant heavy load, base load. But it's also intermittent power, which allows Bitcoin miners can be turned on and off instantly. And what that does is it helps stabilize the grid. And it also is going to open up like we can't build a lot more renewable projects right now because of battery technology. Right. When you produce electricity, somebody has to use it. You have to match supply and demand with electricity. And today, battery technology can't fill the gap when you can produce more solar energy than the grid can use or more wind energy. And what people don't even understand is they actually shut those things down. Like when they're producing too much electricity, they turn them off. And if you can pair Bitcoin mining with these renewable energy projects, all of a sudden the payback on those projects come way down. You're able to build a lot more of them and it stabilizes the grid. The other thing with renewable energy is Nobody wants a wind farm in their backyard. Nobody wants solar, large solar installation in their backyard. They, so these things have to be built further away and there isn't demand for electricity further away, but you can put a Bitcoin mining facility in those remote locations and help those projects get built faster. And, and we're starting to see the large energy producers, they're starting to wake up to it and they're starting to recognize this and I think we're going to see this 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 um, uh, connection marriage. between yeah this marriage between Bitcoin mining and renewable projects, and it's it's going to accelerate our our move towards renewable. It's, I think it's a super exciting, and everyone that wants to be naysayers on it, I don't think they really understand what's what's happening. Um, and look so at they, uneducated and uninformed. Yeah, they just. Yeah, the uninformed, like they don't, they haven't done the research and they don't understand it well enough. And it's kind of, you know, I look at everybody, look at how much, how much uh, Elon Musk had to deal with when he was getting Tesla off the ground. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying go out and buy Tesla stock, but the, the, that vehicle has changed the world. I mean, every major manufacturer now has a roadmap to get to 100% renewable, you know, electric vehicles in the next five years. Five years ago, people laughed at at Elon, and now they're all joining him. Um, it's just a better way of of. Uh... So, 
I have a question yeah, for you, ahead. Mike. Yeah. As someone who, like you, you are in the trenches from a like moving mining forward, especially with the actors and the key stakeholders here in the U.S. Like, does Bitcoin mining have a PR problem and a reputation problem? And like, does it need active kind of advocacy, or is this something where the utility is just going to be so great that everyone who's kind of like bad mouthing this without a, a, a you know doing proper research just going to shut up eventually? Like. What, what's kind of your take of the state right now? So, I mean, I think every time Bitcoin price runs, this narrative comes out that, oh, Bitcoin mining is bad for the world and we're going to boil the oceans. And, um, and then when Bitcoin price goes down, no one talks about it. And Bitcoin price comes back up, it comes back out. And I think that a big part of it is, is education and having people get comfortable with it. I mean, some of the negativity comes around because they just don't believe in Bitcoin, right? And it's like, look, if you don't believe in Bitcoin, there's no, you know, there's no way of convincing them otherwise. And I think there's just a slow, there's going to be this kind of slow adoption as more and more people get comfortable with Bitcoin, this idea that we can transfer value electronically, they're going to understand that the network is important. Like, it's just, that's part of who we are, you know? So, I always give the example of people like, I don't understand Bitcoin. I'm like, well, do you understand TCP IP? And they're like, what, what is that? And I was like, well, you know, that's kind of like how the, everything works that we use every day. And you don't really need to understand TCP IP to use the internet or do our Zoom call right now. But, but it's pretty important infrastructure um, and a pretty important protocol layer. And I think that's what Bitcoin's going to be someday and no one's going to even ask the questions about the energy usage. Yeah, well and again like I said, you know, everyone who's actually leading the forefront on every energy project is going to be using Bitcoin because honestly, this is what like I'm not a miner, but I'm obsessed with Bitcoin mining because of like the second and third order effects of what does it mean to have like this consistent energy buyer of last resort, right? Like and I it just people have not thought about like what that means for how things work and how things can work moving forward with that there. And you really did a great job of illustrating, you know, some of the key ways that Bitcoin improves the current situation and moves us towards enabling a lot more green energy projects to actually flourish and be enabled in the first place. Yeah, it and it it goes all the way through even to the wafer manufacturing process, you know. Bitcoin mining is allowing innovation happening all the way through um, the whole tech stack. Um, so, you know, I think in the future, we're going to, there's a ton of experimentation right now around immersion mining, which I think is going to be a really big deal. Immersion mining not only helps Bitcoin mining, but it's going to help the rest of, you know, who, the people like Google and Amazon and the big data centers. I think that we're learning about ASIC development, and that's going to start to bleed into other parts of compute. Um, there's just a lot of, of technology advancement that happens in the Bitcoin world because you can measure results so quickly, right? Like, you know whether it works or it doesn't work instantly. And I think that's a, it's incredibly amazing. And, and same thing with, like, the, the whole energy discussion. It's like we can actually measure the amount of energy on the Bitcoin network. And if you can measure it, you can control it and you can um, improve it. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, it, 
the Bitcoin algorithm is ruthless in its drive for low cost. And the lowest cost is going to be renewable energy. And Bitcoin miners are running all over the world trying to find the lowest cost energy. And, and it just, we don't need any other, we don't need anybody else telling us what to go do because we're doing it without, without any oversight. It's amazing. I, I believe in everything that you're talking about. I think it's absolutely amazing. There's a second order effect here that affects how jurisdictions manage their energy today. And that is the subject of subsidies, right? Energy subsidies are a big thing. Like every you know jurisdiction across the globe leverages energy subsidies, and they uh, they often have you know kind of nationalized or jurisdictionalized kind of energy production. Like you know, I see miners as like they're almost like energy pirates, and they're going to go and they're going <laughs> to harvest all of your subsidies until you cut them off or you know whatever. But they're gonna. If you're if you are artificially lowering the price of energy, like they're going to arb that out. Um, like in terms of like the world of energy subsidies and where Bitcoin fits into that, like you know, do you think about that at all? I'm sure you do. Yeah. So, like I say, the the Bitcoin algorithm is ruthless and it's drive for the lowest cost. So you're absolutely right. Miners are they're going everywhere to find where the lowest cost is. And if somebody is subsidizing electricity in one area, they're going to go exploit that. And that may be really good for that area, or maybe the, that, that subsidy is probably maybe not a good idea. Right. Um, but I think that, I think in the end, I think what's going to happen is the big energy producers are going to recognize the benefit of marrying the Bitcoin mining technology with their renewable projects. And it's just going to, we're going to see an explosion of new renewable projects that are going to have a huge benefit to the world. Um, I think that's where it's going to, I think that's where it's going to go. And I think those countries and those communities that recognize it and embrace it um, are going to be the ones that win. Right. So those that resist and push back, they're going to be they're going to be left out. I agree absolutely. Again, um, do you have like do you kind of have like any thoughts around um, you know proof of stake GPU mining and like how like does that tie into the energy grid? Are they playing in this game or is is it just like is this something Bitcoins like does Bitcoin matter for energy production or is it proof of work in general? I'm just I know that was a wide ranging question, but I'm kind yeah. of curious since you're involved in all of it. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that back up. So we have a, um, a, a very big staking business where we support now over 20 um, proof of stake uh, protocols. And we're, you know, part of what we do is we're the essentially the infrastructure team for DCG, right? So DCG makes investments in coins or Genesis or Luna or potentially Grayscale someday. We're the infrastructure team that, that kind of supports the staking for those businesses, as yep. well as the portfolio companies and institutional size players that wanted a, want a trusted partner um, for their staking. So I definitely, you know, we're, I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's fun to work at Foundry because we've kind of got like the proof of work team and they're like, some of them are like Bitcoin maximalists and, and that's where the world's going. And then we've got the proof of stake team and there's just some amazing projects on the proof of stake 
side um, that that we love. And I think, um, you know, there's projects like Zen, LivePeer, Flow. Um, there's they're out there solving certain um, difficulties in the market. And I think there's going to be a, a ton of opportunity and a ton of things that they can go. They're going to add, but they're, they're not so, really playing into like the energy game, right? So, so no, so it's no, they're not playing in the energy game. I mean, it's, they're, you know, they're hosted in the cloud network and it's, it's just a different, it's a different protocol to, to solve a different problem. Right. So Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin is proof of work and it's the king of proof of work. And, you know, we've got a long history of that working, and I don't think that's ever going to change on that side. Okay, so that, I it, like, do question, you but. do you find like I'm I'm, well, I'm trying to like lead you to, and maybe it's not right to lead someone, but like uh, like do you think like Bitcoin's moat as like the king of proof of work, like like is that like cement Bitcoin forever in your mind? Like, what does that mean? Like, because that's my personal Bitcoin maximalist perspective, but I'm just kind of curious what you think. Yeah, so I think Bitcoin's getting ready to go through another evolution. Um, it's not going away. People like now to kind of put it in a bucket where it says this is, you know, a store of value. I think part of where, where the next phase is, is layer two that comes on top of Bitcoin. Um, so you've got things like, like uh, the um, block stack, you know, there's staking or stacking now that's happening where you can start to deploy smart contracts on top of the Bitcoin network where it provides um, the basis. I, you know, I do think that a lot of the ecosystem is going to end up getting built on top of Bitcoin and we can't even imagine where this goes, right? Like, you know, I came out of college, I was programming HTML 1.0, you know, like we sat around having all of these discussions on what the internet's going to do and how it's going to change the world. And, but it took 20 years, you know, it took 20 years before you got a, a you know, a, a supercomputer in your pocket um, and that, and that we use it on a, you know, literally everyday basis. Like we can't live without it. Um, so where yep. does Bitcoin go? I, it's hard to tell, but there's no stopping it. And it's being done in a decentralized way that allows anybody in the world to participate and to develop on it. And I just think that's an incredibly powerful characteristic. Gotcha. I mean, like, but, obviously, you have to be bullish on Bitcoin to like be investing so heavily into it, right? Like, that's what miners are the lo- are the most skin in the game players. If you you know think about what's actually going on, because like every piece of equipment, every contract, every uh, every facility is a leverage long position on Bitcoin, essentially. Uh, absolutely. You know, long term, I like I, I view Bitcoin mining as it's going to become like a utility. You know, we're going to think about Bitcoin mining as as like a utility. I think over time, so we've got electrical utility, you know, grid. We've got um, all the pipes that connect the internet, and we're going to have we're going to have uh, this global computer that can't be shut down that's transferring value um, around the world and. Uh, and there's no stopping it, which is crazy. 
Awesome. Mike, this is a really bullish conversation. I, I liked picking your brain about, you know, kind of all of these subjects as well as, you know, what Foundry is doing specifically. Um, you know, I want to give you a chance, like, what's your last word for the Bitcoin Magazine audience? Uh, yeah, I'll hand it back to you. Yeah, you know, I guess one of the things is I, I want to say I'm, I'm really proud to be a Bitcoin miner. And, you know, I think everybody here at Foundry, we've got an amazing team and we wake up every day just determined to create a new world that's decentralized, that, that, tran that transfers the power to the masses and um, we're changing the world. You know, people say, what do you do during COVID? I say, well, I'm building out the new financial system. Well, you know, the old financial system is getting destroyed. So yeah. it's fun. It's exciting. I uh, can't wait to get to Miami and, and uh, see everybody there. So looking forward yeah. to meeting up with you, Christian. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I just have to echo the optimism. And I think that Bitcoiners are excited and it's awesome to see, you know, someone like yourself who's at the front lines building out the actual infrastructure, you know, the picks and shovels of the network, you know, also being so optimistic. And I think it runs through the entire community and the entire network and, uh, it's definitely being channeled in Miami. So I'm just excited to be <laughs> at the epicenter. Yeah, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. All right. Well, hey, to the listeners, where can they where can they find you? Um, you can go to foundrydigital.com. Um, you can follow follow us on Twitter at uh, Foundry Services. Um, and uh, we can see everybody in, in Miami here soon. I think we sponsored with a dome or something. One of the, uh, we can meet us at the dome, the hash lounge or something. I don't know what you guys Let's call it. Let's go. But, that yeah. sounds like a fun spot. <laughs> you get to lounge in some hash. Yeah, All right, y'all. Well, hey, you can you can find Mike and Foundry at Bitcoin 2021 in Miami. You can find me there. Um, and you can be there too. Go to b.tc forward slash conference, get your ticket. Use promo code Satoshi, save yourself 10%. Uh, and if you pay with Bitcoin, you can save yourself some more money too. So we want your stats and yeah, excited for uh, parting, parting in Miami. Until then, peace. Thanks, Christian. Bye. Cheers. A quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. Do your own research.